Anyway, great to have you here. We have a, a, a great speaker this morning that Kurt's going to introduce. Let me open us up in prayer, and then Kurt, you come up and introduce Pastor Tim. Lord, thank you for this time together this morning. Thank you uh, for that concept of iron sharpening iron. Thank you that we can get together, have fun, get to know guys better, and uh, just learn to walk with you in the context of uh, being encouraged and encouraging other men in that process. So we appreciate this time together this morning. We give you this time and ask that you would use it in each of our lives to do the continued work of building us up to be the men that, that you want us to be. We thank you in Christ's name. Amen. I, I invited him because I, I said, Maddie, I said, what do you think about getting Tim up here? And I know Maddie got to know him as a young adult as well. And I said, uh, he says, yeah, we'd love to have Pastor Tim. And he goes, I said, okay, well, I'll ask him for, uh, for the new year. And uh, I go, Tim, you just the one thing you're going to have to get ready is, is a headshot and a bio. And that's uh, the, the great thing about it. He didn't have either of those two things ready. All right. So he shot me a, a headshot. So, so you got guys that are like waiting with their headshots and bios. Right, so you can't wait to use this. That's not him. He, uh, he got his, bot, his headshot done on a Sunday after on a Sunday at church. And he, uh, he sent me a two-line bio. He says, how's this, Kurt? And I ended up writing the rest of the thing. Right? So, so uh, that's, that's Pastor Tim. And uh, I'm really excited to have him share with us this morning. So will you welcome him? And uh, I'm not definitely an early morning guy anymore. But for 20 years of my life, I was. I got up at 5 o'clock in the morning, got into a suit. because We didn't have business casual back then. And worked for a Fortune 200 company. So some of you guys are going to work after this, I guess, right? So I'll pray for you. Okay, nice. yeah. I'm going to share a few things. Uh, and, I, and I kind of put it in the outline here. I, I want to share the story that I've been asked to share, but only to the extent that it can help you to grow closer to the Lord and, and learn a little bit more possibly about what God might do in your life. Because uh, I'm, I'm real big on helping people to really find their gifts invest in their gifts and use those gifts or have God use those gifts for his glory and the service of his people. So I'll share a little bit about how that worked out in my life. I could care less whether you remember any of the details of my life. They're inconsequential. What's important is that if I share a little bit of how God worked in my life, that you're able to take that and apply that to your life so that you can be used in mighty ways like all of us desire. Amen. Let's start with uh, how this whole thing got started. You already know I'm a music. I was a professional musician. Um, decided that I might want to grow up some point, so I got a job working for an insurance company, Chubb Insurance Company at the time, and uh, it was back in the '80s. I won't go. Back, I won't give exact dates. I don't want you to know how old I am, but uh, I'm old enough. But basically, let's say this: in the '80s, I started doing that. Had to cut my hair, which was a big deal back then, and I started working in this in this environment. And definitely not a Christian, though I had grown up going to church. Uh, so at a certain point, I, I got invited to a Bible study. I think that's probably similar to most of our experiences. And uh, a couple weeks later, I surrendered my heart to the Lord. When I did that, everything changed. Uh, one of the things they say is that change is the hallmark of Christianity. Uh, wow, that was a big change in my life. My language changed. My behavior changed. My friends changed. The people at work didn't believe it for a while because they thought this is he's, he's messing with us he can't possibly have changed but shortly after that I started a Bible study at work which I taught for probably most of the time I was there about 20 years um, and I started to learn about the word and how to study the word and uh, getting saved for me was a big deal I mean for some people they grow up in a church and they kind of like just 
it's kind of part of their culture. You know, yeah, I went to church, I was an Episcopalian, but I didn't really understand surrender to Christ. So when I got saved, it was pretty dramatic for me. Um, at that point, I learned that there were these things called spiritual gifts. And I didn't really completely understood, or I didn't understand, I understood this much, that you were supposed to take the giftings and the callings of God and use them for his glory. So I said, okay, well, what can I do? I can play guitar. So I decided, you know what, I, I, I'll, I'll do that. Well, God wasn't interested in using me in that way right away. So uh, I started attending the church that I got saved at. They had a Tuesday night Bible study at the Sheraton. It was the Sheraton at the time in Hasbrook Heights. And it was a Harvest Christian Fellowship where my pastor, Mike Finizio, was teaching a Tuesday night Bible study. I attended that Tuesday night Bible study every week religiously. I took my vacations around it so that I wouldn't miss it. I got real excited about the word of God. I started going to different fellowships and learning more and more. And, and all I could do is just take Chuck Smith tapes at the time they were tapes and listen. And I just wanted to learn everything I could. And I found out that I was called. Actually, I found out that all of us were called. But that I was called to serve. I found out that the word minister means servant. I found out that being called to be a pastor meant you were a shepherd. And I said, you know, maybe, I don't know, but, you know, maybe I'm called to be in ministry. I don't know. Let's find out. So I started to study the word of God, and I learned a lot. And a couple times I'd attend Bible studies. There'd be a question, and I'd just say, hey, you know, I read this in Galatians. I knew two books really well, Galatians and Ephesians, you know. So everybody would joke because every time I quoted scripture, it was from those books. But it was just a couple months in, and that's all I knew. So I started to just share what I know, and, and, and a few people say, hey, you should teach the next Bible study. So I said, I, all right, I'll teach from one of those two books. So anyway, so I did, and people started to say, hey, you know something? You have a gift to teach God's word. I said, okay, uh, what does that mean? Well, it means, you know, just, just hang in there, study God's word, and God will use you. Now, at the time, again, I'm attending church in New York City. I actually ended up attending that church for 17 years. I was the assistant pastor, ultimately, for 12 but as I was there at this church, I had enormous opportunities for ministry. That means service to God's people. And many times that was the word. Sometimes a little bit later, I got involved as a musician, became the uh, praise and worship leader there. Uh, and I used the gifts that I had. I could play guitar. Apparently, I could teach God's word. And I liked people. So I said, you know what? I'm just going to do this thing. And I did that for a long time. And I taught the Bible study at, at, uh, at work. And that's where I really learned how to teach God's word. Few people around the table in a conference room, kind of testing the waters. You know, I, it makes me sad because you really do need to practice if you're going to get up here. And I'm going to share my story today. If you're going to get up and, and teach God's word, it doesn't just happen. You have to really put some time into it. At least that's how it worked for me. So when I realized I was called to service, I recognized I had to make an investment in God's kingdom with my life. I had to use the gifts God gave me, some natural, some supernatural, and just make them available, not to be famous, not so that I could earn a living. Again, I had no intention of leaving my job at any point. I, I was bivocational the entire time I was in the city, even after I was ordained. All I did was do my church thing when I wasn't doing my 40 hours a week at an insurance company in the middle of New Jersey. So that was it. You know, I wasn't really thinking bigger than that. And uh, without getting to the personal story, you know, obviously I met my wife. I got married. Life, life was good. Uh, bought a home in North Caldwell, where we still live. Uh, made good money. I'm not going to lie. God really blessed us. And uh, was able to 
you know, essentially provide for myself and, and do all that. That was a good deal. I serve God in the city and I live in the suburbs. It's really a nice deal. But then I realized that God was not just calling me to service, but he was preparing me for ministry. Now, that was all ministry. But when I say preparing me for ministry, that meant leaving that job that I really liked and my career to be in full-time service to God. I was reluctant. One thing Kurt can tell you about me is I'm oftentimes reluctant. Uh, not reluctant to serve God. Reluctant to step away from things I like. Uh, reluctant to take on more responsibility. Uh, why? Because I'm, I'm pretty satisfied just being used by God. I don't need more to make me feel good about myself. I know that it's a struggle. As men, we, we want to be affirmed, right? But I, I always look for affirmation in my career uh, as a musician. I didn't look for affirmation in ministry. And if there's one little thing I can leave for you with you, I would say, please don't look for affirmation in ministry. <laughs> You're not going to get it. Okay? Don't look for it because it's not there. I'm not talking about the little old lady that comes up to you and she's your biggest fan. Sadly, over the last couple of years, we, we had this wonderful woman who went to be with the Lord. Sadly, that she's not with us. Wonderfully, she went to be with the Lord. She was my biggest fan. Walked in the back door with a cane, made her way up to the front. Okay, she could have just sat in the back. She came to the front, and Robbie was her name, and she would sit there, and every service she would tell me how wonderful I was and tell my wife how lucky she was to have me as a husband. <laughs> I miss Anne dearly. <laughs> but I do know this. God used that to encourage me. But once you get addicted to that kind of affirmation, you're done. Because you're going to get it here or there, but you know it's never going to be enough. So when I say prepared for ministry, what I mean is that God was showing me not that I needed to do this because it was going to make me feel good about myself, but that I had to give up some of the things that did make me feel good about myself. My career was a big, uh, can I say idol? Is that okay if I say it that way? I mean, I, I loved what I did. I was pretty good at it and I'd done it for a long time and I felt good about taking care of myself. Never had to take a dime in ministry. And I, I kind of was a little proud about it. I really was. I, I don't need, God doesn't need, I don't need anything from anybody. You know, but that's not what God had for me. So being prepared for ministry meant giving that up. And I remember the day, I'll just share this one little story. I remember the day that I left my job. Oh, still to this day, it hurts a little bit. I, I went into the office that day, and it was the day, it was all set up. It was my 20th anniversary to the day. Wow. And I went in, they were having a little wow. pizza. They said, what do you want to do? I said, just have some pizza and hang out in the conference room. I didn't want any big hubbub. So I was, you know, I said, oh, it'll be nice. We'll have pizza today, this'll be fun. And I walk in, and a guy that I started with 20 years earlier happens to come to my desk. And at this point, I'm terrified of leaving my job. I'm just being honest. And he comes up to me, and his name is Steve. He came up to me and he said, Tim, I just want you to know, I heard you're leaving your job to go into ministry. And I just want you to know that you're doing the right thing. I didn't even have my coat off yet. I just wow. turned on my computer. And I said, God, are you speaking to me? Are you, are you encouraging me? And he was. And from that moment, I was okay. That was the moment I was okay. That was the moment. Before that, I was freaking out. I was worried about health insurance. Anybody worry about health insurance? I had COBRA for 18 months. During those 18 months, I started to worry, what's gonna happen? What's gonna... And you know what happened? A little card came in the mail from a Calvary Chapel church that said, God is blessing you with health insurance. And I said, oh, I can do this. And I started to learn through those experiences that God was gonna take care of me. 
So when I say prepared for ministry, prepared to depend on God in ways I hadn't depended on him yet. And that was tough for me. Not going to lie. That was really tough for me. So, you know, uh, I know I'm not going over all the little details here, but, you know, Kurt mentioned some of the things. We started a Bible study. Uh, I decided, okay, you know what? We're not going to be in New York City anymore. God made it kind of clear. Pat, you were with us back in those days. Yeah. And, and, and we started the, the Bible study. Actually, used to do all the recordings. Um, you were the guy, you know, I had the microphone and you were the guy <clears throat> pressing the button. And uh, we started this, this midweek study on a Wednesday night, still exists today, only it takes place in Calvary Chapel. But um, I thought this is going to be great. I'll resign my position from, you know, from, from the church in New York City. And I was still doing some consulting with my company, okay? That was my toe in the water, you know, I want to let go. But I hadn't left yet. I just was started doing some consulting. And uh, I thought this will be great. I can work a couple days a week, make enough money. Now, I don't have to take a salary. I don't have to be dependent upon you know, God. Um, <laughs> I can just take care of myself and do this thing and do ministry. And uh, that was a little chapter there for maybe a year or so before God called me full-time, which I've already shared. So well, during that time, as we were starting the Bible study, I thought this will be great. I'll get to do more music, a little work on the side. I don't have to go in the city anymore. You know, still went in on Sundays, but not to serve, just to be blessed. And I'll do this midweek Bible study. I can run this out for two to five years. It'll be amazing. This will be great. Ten months later, we started a church, and I'm teaching on Sunday mornings. So that wasn't that, that's what I mean by reluctant. I, I that wasn't my plan. Uh, so we moved to Passaic. We've been there since 2004. We started on 444, and uh, it's been great ever since. Right? Everything's been perfect. Right? Kurt, no problems. No. No issues, no, man, yeah, right. <clears throat> Life is challenging. Ministry is challenging, but I wouldn't change it for. So that's what I mean when I say prepared for ministry. The final, there's two final points, and one of them is this, surrender to God's will. I want to talk about what that means for me, uh, because I started working with a pastor who had a missions organization who ultimately became one of our assistant pastors and uh, our missions pastor. And I think, Kurt, we actually met through Pastor Joe. Uh, but anyway, uh, Pastor Joe Nigro, some of you know, he's our missions pastor. He's the executive director of Straight Path Ministries, and he invited me to go on a missions trip. So I went to Cuba in 2004. Your wife was on that trip, and I uh, got to know her. That was before you were married. Actually, I talked her into marrying me. <laughs> I'm kidding. But anyway, so we go to Cuba, and I'm like, this is kind of cool, but I was terrified. I'm not going to lie. I'm a kid from Jersey. I, I, was, I was afraid I wouldn't get out, you know, and went to Cuba in 2004, went to Guatemala in 2005, went to uh, El Salvador in 2006, and for the next 10 years, probably went twice a year to Central America, ultimately went back to Cuba in 2015 and 2017. My wife joined me on those trips. She was on a few of those other trips. And now I found out, guess what? I'm a missionary, too. That was not in my playbook. And that had to be part of being surrendered to God's will. And so part of what we do when we follow God's call is not just recognize our gifts, but then surrender to God's will. My gifting, my calling wasn't as a missionary because, quite frankly, I used to tell people, oh, I'm called to be a pastor. Because I, I accepted that, not a missionary, as if you couldn't be both. So what happened from there is I continued to just surrender. And I learned this little this little. Uh, dance, if you will, God calls you out and you just go. It's really not complicated. 
And sometimes God calls me to places I want to go, but most of the time he doesn't have to do that because I want to go. When God calls me, it's almost always to a place that I wouldn't go unless he called me. It's taken me 35 years now to learn, don't fight him, just go. It's easier if you just go. I, I, you make yourself crazy. I don't know why we fight God. I'm real good at it. But at the end of the day, what we find is if we do what God is calling us to do, it just goes better with us. Oh, but what if I die? What if I'm killed by MS-13? You know what? I would rather get to heaven and say, hey, you told me to go. I got killed, but now I'm here. Then spend my life trying to fight the will of God. Finally, sort of summing this up, serving God's people. Serving God's people is, is, is what I do. It's what I'm called to do as a pastor. Um, I don't want to be a celebrity. I'll never write a book. Uh, if I did, I'd change the name so nobody knew who it was. Uh, I, I'm not interested in attention. I'm not, and I, you know, Kurt knows this. Uh, the bio, the headshot, that, that was the most uncomfortable part of this entire thing. <laughs> Um, yeah, you know, that's just, I don't know. You know what it is? I was a professional musician. I did headshots dressed in spandex in the eighties. I was, I was all into that as a musician. So it kind of has a kind of uh, feeling for me in the ministry. You know what I'm saying? So that's my issue, not yours. That's my issue. So you're not going to find a whole lot of pictures of me online. I'm not on social media. I never will be. I don't have a cell phone. You're not going to find an Instagram account or a Facebook account with me. I don't care about any of that stuff. I care about serving God's people. I'm a face-to-face -face guy. I'm here with you guys face-to-face. -face. That makes me a little nervous. That's <laughs> stuff. But, you know, because we're going to end up. Now you're now famous. <laughs> but, uh, but all that to say that, you know, uh, serving God's people is, is, is what we're really called to do. All of us. All of us. And that's where I want to sort of land the plane here. I just want to say, that's my story of getting to that point. It's it's not unique. It's not you know spectacular. It's just a question of you know getting saved, being called, uh, being prepared, and then surrendering and realizing my purpose on this planet is to serve people. It's it's that's it. And as I think about that, one of the big things that and this is kind of how Kurt and I really got to know each other. Uh, God laid on my heart going back 20 years ago. Now actually it was before that in the city I did this too. But here in New Jersey, I said, you know something? I might know a little bit more than Galatians and Ephesians now. And what I know, I want to pass on. So I took two guys under my wing. At the time, it ultimately ended up being three. Kurt was one of them. The other was, one of the others was uh, Pastor Scott Warren from Northwood. And I said, I'm going to pour into you guys for the next two to three years. I'm going to tell you everything I can tell you in an hour and a half once or twice a month about ministry in three disciplines. I'm going to do everything I can to help you to know what I know about pulpit preaching. Because, you know, it's not enough apprenticeship in the ministry. No one's sharing the trade secrets. No one knows the secret sauce. you got to learn slowly. It shouldn't be that way. So I'm going to do my best. Hey, I don't know everything, but I can teach you to do what I know how to do. And the other thing was in my career in the corporate world as an IT professional, I knew project management and I knew people management. And I've seen ministries fail because pastors don't know how to do those two things. Okay, we all know it, right? Let's talk about it. So project management, people management, pulpit management, two to three years. And not that these guys were like, you know, ready to go on, on uh, in the third year, but uh, I've seen God work in the lives of men like that over and over again now for the last 20 years. Pat, you were part of the mentoring group. And we, we went through it. And at the end of those two to three years, these guys are at least ready to step up 
and serve God's people. So that was the point, and I've done this over and over again. I just started another mentoring group recently, post-COVID. I had to put it on hold for a year, which I hated. But uh, this time I said, you know, time is short, and I lost a year. So instead of four guys, which was my usual, I bumped it up to eight. And, you know, it's actually kind of cool. I like having all the guys. I usually like a smaller group. But these eight guys are my ministry for the next two to three years. And my goal is that they will be prepared in those three disciplines. Not that they'll all be pulpit preachers, project managers, or people managers, but they'll know the disciplines so that when God calls them to service, to service people, they will at least be prepared somewhat. That's my ministry. That's what I do. Uh, in, in between that, I, you know, get up and preach on Sunday mornings and Wednesday evenings. That's the easy part of my job. I serve God's people. I help people as a pastor. I'm very fortunate to have the best staff, no offense, best staff in this area. Uh, I've got another five pastors on our staff, uh, 10 or 11 leaders. All of them have gone through the mentoring and the training that I just described. In addition to that, there's tens of other leaders, men and women, who do the same thing. Uh, so I have a very easy job. I have a blessing every day because I get to serve God's people. But staying surrendered to God's will, that's the struggle. So I have a couple questions that Kurt asked me to prepare, discussion points that are based on what I just shared. And again, this is about you guys sort of being surrendered uh, after being handed out. Here are the questions. Number one, do you believe that you have been called to serve God's people? I hope you can answer that question in the affirmative. If so, how? If so, how? <clears throat> Second question, are you being trained and prepared for ministry? If so, how? Third question, is there any area of your life that you are reluctant to surrender to the Lord? Trust me, I can relate. Fourthly and finally, are you actively serving God's people? And if you are, are you effective? Those are questions that I just kind of put together as I thought about how God has worked in my life over these last 35 years. And I hope that those questions will help you to search your heart. And in the end, uh, I, I'm sure everyone here, I assume everyone here is saved. Uh, I, I know everyone's called to serve, because that's a biblical principle. Uh, I don't know if everyone here is prepared for ministry. Uh, I hope all of you are surrendered to God's will. Uh, and I encourage you and hope that as a result of the time we've had together today, you will be, or will continue to be, serving God's people. Thank you very much. Uh, Lord, thank you. Thank you for this. Uh, thank you for this morning. Thank you for this time. We ask that you let us leave here and continue to be encouraged. Yes. Encouraged in your truth. Encouraged in your word. Encouraged what you're doing in our lives already. And uh, continue to lead us. We uh, just ask that you go with us now. Pray this uh, blessing on the rest of this day. Your name, Jesus' name. Amen. 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 You are dismissed.